Hello and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here at The Field, we put love into action. We hope you are blessed by these previous sermons by Reverend Dr. Peter M. Wary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and Instagram at The Field CLT. It doesn't matter what you go through in your life. I've come to encourage you through your storm to continue to stand. Encourage yourself and stand. Tell me. 
somebody when you get to the end of your rope and you can't even tie a knot right in the middle of the air stand how many know that when you stand you're not standing by yourself thank you Mitch thank you man hallelujah after you've done everything you can you stand and watch our God stand up in you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. After you've done everything you can do, you just stand. While we meditate on that theme, Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. Good News Translation. Listen to this. On the evening of that same day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd. The disciples got into the boat in which Jesus was already sitting, and they took him with them. Other boats were there too. Suddenly a strong wind blew up. And the waves began to spill over into the boat so that it was about to fill with water. Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping with his head on a pillow. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to die? Jesus stood up and commanded the wind, Be quiet 
And he said to the waves, be still. The wind died down and there was a great calm. Then Jesus said to his disciples, why are you frightened? Do you still have no faith? But they were terribly afraid and began to say to one another, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I, I want to I talk this morning about understanding storms. Anybody, any, got, anybody got any storms in their life? Ever been through a storm? I want to talk about understanding storms. Maybe you in one right now. Come on, let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Since the beginning of the gospel, according to Mark, Jesus has had a very productive ministry. As soon as he called his first disciples, the book says he cast out a demon in the synagogue. He left there and went to Peter's mother-in-law's house where he healed many people, including Peter's mother-in-law, who it turns out was running a fever. After getting prayed up from the exertion, he laid hands on a leper and healed him, went up to his own hometown in Capernaum and encountered a packed crusade, packed out at his own house. While he was there, four men who couldn't get in the door climbed up and made a hole in the Savior's roof, lowering their paralyzed friend in. Jesus promptly forgave the brother's sins and when he saw that this had blown people's minds. He turned around and told a paralytic, I'll tell you what, get up. Take the mat you came in here on and go back home. All this to rave reviews. They said, they said we've never seen anything like this before. He followed that up with some powerful teaching about fasting, the devil, and the Sabbath. And then he issued the call to the disciples. Let's go over to the other side of the lake. This is a telling instruction. In the midst of all these miracles, at the conclusion of it, the Lord decides to get away. After all of the powerful things Jesus did leading up to this fourth chapter, Jesus is stunned that the overriding emotion that overtakes the disciples in verses 35 to 41 is not adulation, not exaltation, not jubilation, but fear. After all of the miracles, fear. Do you mean to tell me that after all of the miracles you have just seen, after all of God's power you have just witnessed being poured out, you have nothing to show for it but fear? 
Can I talk to some disciples at the field on the lips of Jesus? Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are y'all afraid? Why were the fellows afraid? Why are you afraid? They were, they were afraid because after accepting Jesus' invitation to go across the lake to the other side where the Gentiles lived, a storm blew up. They were afraid because even though Jesus had issued the invitation, even though Jesus was on the boat, the wind was whipping and the waves were crashing. Ever been there? Can I talk to some people who have been through some storms? Remember how frightful it was? I, I'll never forget when I was a little boy out in the country down in Arlington, Tennessee, visiting my grandmother. I was at her house and had a babysitter named Mother Ella who would keep me when my grandmother had to go somewhere, sometimes to the big city, Memphis. Mother Ella was a sweet, unadorned, attentive old lady who always made me sit very quiet and still on the sofa. I'm going to tell some of y'all's testimony now. Whenever it rained, or especially during a thunderstorm, sitting down, she said, was mandatory. She said, because the Lord is doing his work. One night, though, a storm came up like I had never witnessed in all my young life. The rain fell so hard we couldn't see out the windows. We could hear it hitting like hammers on that old tin roof. The lightning flashed until the room lit up for split seconds like daylight had barged back into the darkness. The flash made Mother Ella look like a statue carved out of ebony with jet black skin and white natural hair. The power went out. Didn't have much. And all I could see were Mother Ella's eyes popped wide with fear as she hugged me close on the sofa next to her. In a few seconds, she broke the cardinal rule, y'all. She stood up and she dragged me to the center of the floor that slanted in that old living room. And she hugged me as hard as she could. Right about then, that entire old house shook. And I could feel the floor lift up off the columns of bricks that held it up. It was a frightening storm. I was small and powerless, waiting in the chaotic darkness for the unknown. I just want to talk to some folk who've been through storms. My son Justin and I got on a ship at Rudy Inlet off Virginia Beach Oceanfront. It was a beautiful, warm, sunny day, perfect day for fishing. Remember, Just Boat was crowded. It was a fishing head boat. So about 100 people were jammed onto the deck of the Janine Lee. Fishing was spectacular. We were pulling them in, hand over fist. We sat and talked, and sometimes we went inside to the air-conditioned snack bar and got a nice cold soda. 
then back out into the blazing warm sun, ready to pull in another big one. Until the wind suddenly started to change. What had been a soothing, cool zephyr taking the edge off the hot Virginia sun now became an annoying bully, tangling lines and pushing one fisherman into another. We were 50 miles from the shore, couldn't really see it anymore. No land was in sight. The surface of the ocean had been 15 feet below the rail of the boat when we sailed out. Now the ship reeled and rocked so violently that our two faces came within a yard or so of the surface as that boat reeled and rocked over and over again. We held on to the railing for dear life. Everybody grabbed life vests. It was a rocky, violent, uncertain cruise back to the land. We were small and powerless, waiting in the chaotic turbulence for the unknown. If you've ever been through a storm, you understand that storms have a way of symbolizing everything that's worst and most destructive in life. I want to argue that the true storm stories I've just told you say a couple of things. First, they say that storms happen to all of us. I want to wager that some of y'all in this sanctuary are in a storm right now. I'm encouraging you to listen. I'm encouraging you to remember the storms that you've been through. They blow up and they surround us. Sometimes they cause fear. And as you might be able to tell, I'm not talking about the weather anymore. But storms and the stories about them are symbols of fear. They're symbols of the forces in life that shake us up, that make us feel small, that push us around. Storms symbolize the fear that keeps us from the things that might be good for us. And in a sense, fear in that sense is evil. Can I talk to some folk who've been through some storms? Can I talk to some people who are in the midst of some circumstances in your life that feel very much like storms? You are being tossed around and blown here and there. You're not really sure how you got in it. You don't know how you're going to get out of it. But all you know is you feel small and powerless in the chaotic darkness. There are storms in life, family, that frighten us, so, so they, they immobilize us. They make us unable to go after the things that God has in store. Jesus shows up here in Mark after all he's done, after all the miracles he's accomplished and challenges the disciples' sense uh, that, that the task he has sent them into, although accompanied by a storm, can be done because he is with them. Mark editorializes this. He says Jesus was with them. The, they took him with them. He was already in the boat, but they took him with them. He offers us a prescription for understanding storms. Y'all know you will never really get the most out of a storm. All you'll get is fear until you begin to understand what the storms are all about. If you can understand what the storms are all about, you can run, run briskly to your destiny. You can survive and even go through times of trouble without losing your mind or losing your associations or breaking your relationships. If you understand 
understand that the storm is about more than what's happening right now today, you'll be able to get through the storm and learn from the storm, not be immobilized by the storm. You'll learn how to operate in a storm. Sometimes God rescues his children from the storm and sometimes God helps them understand in the storm. Here it is. You want to know how you can run to your destiny instead of being stopped or, or scared out, scared away by the storm. Jesus on the lips and pen of Mark, uh, first of all, challenges us that we ought not assume that the storm is our fault. Jesus was in the back of the boat, verse 38 says, sleeping with his head on a pillow. And listen to this, the disciples woke him up. They said, teacher, look here. Are you all right? Don't you care? We's about to die. It's completely in character for we storm chasers to believe that we need to manage the storm. I mean, I mean, really, really, they're waking him up. They didn't even know it was a faith move. But the fact is, uh, the way they had remembered all the miracles he had performed before, they were waking him up in vain. What is one person going to do with a storm? It, it would have been easy for me to blame myself for being in the storm that we went into on that headboat uh, and, and wake up early, plan to be out in the ocean when a storm was blowing in. I, I was blaming myself with my, my boy out there with me. How didn't you check the forecast? Y'all who know me know I always watch the farmer's almanac. That was one day I never looked at the almanac. I was blaming myself because of the storm. I, I've learned, y'all, that it's tempting to try and, and avoid every storm before it comes. Blame yourself when you get caught in the storm. But I, I want to argue the text tells us that the better strategy is to get your thinking about storms straight. It isn't your job to manage the storm. It's your job to make sure the storm don't manage you. Some of y'all will get that on the way home. Just because you've been caught in a storm, don't you give up on fishing. Fact of the matter is, you can't assume the storm is your fault. It would be better for you to assume that God has an a priori that is knowing before knowing purpose in the storm that they woke Jesus up really belies uh, betrays the fact that inside of them was some fortitude they did not know of they had seen all them miracles one after the other after another and in Mark there is this Greek word that means immediately every time Jesus did one he'd rush off to do another one immediately go to do another one they saw all of that and sometimes you know how it is when you've been to school you graduate and you think oh Lord I'm in trouble I spent all this money and all this time I don't remember nothing until you get in the storm then stuff starts coming back to your remembrance and thoughts begin to organize and materialize I want to, I want to argue that the disciples may have had a flash of alacrity a, a moment of fiat lukes they, they, they woke up the same. Why didn't they start bailing water? Why didn't they jump overboard because it was hopeless? Why didn't they do something else? There was nothing much to do. They woke up 
Jesus. Can I talk to somebody? Stop assuming that the storm you're in is your fault. Oh, it may well be some bad judgment you've made before you got in the storm and now you're in the storm. But the reality is they're waking up. Jesus was an admission that there's some resources in the storm. There's always something in the storm waiting on you that you didn't plan on being there. There's always some learning in the storm that, that you didn't count on and if the storm don't kill you it'll make you stronger there's always some wisdom in the storm that helps you realize how the next storm is going to find you there's always some power in the storm that, that you can tap into that you did not know you had or that, that God that you did not know God has don't think the storm is your fault it does you no good in this life or the next just know that there's something in the storm that is able to bring you out oh I guess I could quit preaching right there but there's there's more on the pen, on the pen of Mark there's more he wants to tell us don't, don't, don't assume the storm is your fault not, not, and, and Mark makes it clear that, that you've got to stop assuming. And this is where I think most modern church folk go wrong. Don't assume that the storm is your fate. Listen, they said, they, they, they confessed something. You do know life and death is in the power of the tongue. They said, teacher, don't you care? Listen to this. We are about to die says you like a lot of folk the disciples had made up their minds that 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 what the storm threatened was was what had to happen have you ever been there they, they never imagined that there were possibilities outside the boundaries of the wind and the rain they they go through life powerless and victimized can i talk to some folk who've been through some storms and you've already thrown up your hands you've already decided that death is all you got left ain't nothing gonna save you you in the storm and that's the last thing you're gonna do you're gonna be in a storm and die in the storm they wait until there are threats and then they react to the threats they wait till the flood is washing over them and then they scream i can't swim they don't don't you give storms that much power oh storms are coming but jesus had his head look at it on a pillow don't miss it and not just nodding off out of extreme fatigue but intentionally the brother laid out like he was for out for the night on a pillar on a sleep number a symbol of comfort cause he knew his rest was not even gonna be broken I wish I could be more like Jesus I wish I could be in the storm and just lay down on a pillar I wish I could just go to sleep while the storm is raging can I tell you you can do these things if you stop assuming that the storm is your fate it wasn't your fault and it ain't your fate there ought to come a time in your storm where you make up your mind that no matter what I'm gonna be alright what good would it do really if you you in a storm to get bent out of shape about the wind I mean why you gonna cry about the wind Lord can't you see the wind is blowing can't you see the rain is falling what you what you upset about you you can't do nothing about it could you stop it by worrying about it uh, Jesus is on the pillar because there ain't no better place for him to be than resting when his purpose has already don't miss it 
been announced. He already told them on the other side. God, I feel a run in here. He already told them on the other side. Come on, fellas. We got to go to the other side. So you ought to not think that the storm is your fault because you didn't make the storm. You just ought to get something out of the storm. Stop thinking that the storm is your fate because storms are not that powerful. They may scare you, but then again, so do snakes that crawl on their belly. No, the storm is not your fate. Your fate is in somebody else's hands. And moreover, you've got to remember that the storm is your fortune. God, I feel all right in here today. Listen, verse 39. Jesus, look what he does. When they call him, they say, Lord, don't you care we about to die? Jesus said, oh man, please. Jesus stood up and, and, the, and commanded, watch it, the wind, be quiet. The translator put an exclamation point there. It's not there in the Greek, but the sense of it is Jesus won't just beg and he won't just ask and he won't just crawl and he was not mealy mouth, lily livered, bent over, obsequiously begging. No, he said, be quiet. He said, really, shut up. He told the storm, shut up. And then he said to the waves, be still. You know how your mama used to do you? Did not tell you to, your mama didn't have to say, tell us no. She didn't have to say no sentences. You know what? Our mama had a look. All she had to do was just cut that over. Don't let me come over there. That's what them eyes said. Jesus said it in words. He said, shut up. And then he said, be still. In other words, lay down like I'm telling you to lay down. And, and right after that, Mark says in commentary, right then the wind died down. And there was not just calm, but there was a great calm. Then, then he said to the disciples, you're crazy. You done bumped your head. Why are you afraid? Do you still, after all you've seen me do, you mean to tell me you still have no faith? I'm talking to somebody who is in a storm right now. I'm talking to somebody who just coming out of a storm. H. Peter Hicks said, you're either coming out of one, you're either going into one, or you're in one right now. I'm talking to somebody dealing with a storm. I'm trying to ask you, do you still have no faith? Oh, this ain't the first storm you've been in. This ain't the first storm I've been in. But it's enticing, it's seducing when the storm comes to think this is the one that's going to take me out. Most folk give their storms too much power. I mean, every time I've been in a storm, I, I sensed how small I was. I sensed how powerless I was. But, but I was wrong then and it's wrong now. Jesus had already told him. He said, we're going to go to the other side. That's our mission. I want you to know theologically, biblically, spiritually, factually, if Jesus has said we're going to the other side, the only thing that could happen except they land on the other side. His word spoke it. His word intended it. Once he speaks it, he is the creator. He acts here like the creator in Genesis presiding over the elements of nature. He tells the wind shut up. He tells the waves lay down and the waves shut up like a deaf mute. The wind shuts up like a deaf mute swallows its whistling and the water lays down like a baby nestled in its mother's arms. Arms and Jesus turns to his stick men. He says, what's wrong with y'all? Haven't you seen what I've already done? Can I quit preaching now and go to testify? He stood up. He spoke. 
he commanded, he spoke to everything, and already Jesus sees the potential in the storm that the average victim-minded person is likely going to miss. Jesus, by faith, knew that it was possible for wind to behave in ways that were contrary to the winds and waves' own nature. So he tells the wind, be quiet. Why? Because he sees some possibility in wind that you ain't seen yet. He tells the waves, lay down, because he knows there's some possibility in waves that you don't understand yet. He knew that there's potential to believe for that stuff to behave outside of its organic geological properties. So he says to the water, be still. Mark's message is, don't you let storms deter you from achieving what God meant for you to achieve. Don't you let storms stop you from going where the Lord has told you to go. That's all I want to tell y'all on my way back to the post side of town. Learn, family, how to speak to your storms. Tell the storm, I'm going where God told me to go. And I'm going anyway. It don't look good for me right now, but I'm going where he told me to go anyway. Tell that degree I'm marching in May anyway. Tell that relationship I'm going to win anyway. Tell that financial condition I'm going to prevail anyway. Because I know somebody who can make you behave like you ain't never been. I know somebody, yes, who can make you act with a little act right on it. You, you can act like your storms are in charge if you wanna, but I know somebody who is not a storm chaser, but he is a storm manager. Have you ever been in a storm? You thought you were going down for the last time. You, you thought you were being counted out because this is the big one. But I'm here to tell somebody, ain't no storm got power like Jesus has power. I'm so glad that I heard his voice in every storm. Mother Ella taught me something that you have to respect Jesus in the storm. I'm so glad that Jenny Lee taught me something that you have to know that your God has power to help you ride out the storm. We should have been dead, but thanks be to God, me and Justin were standing on the holiest spot on the entire boat because I was calling the name of Jesus. I remember John that he said to the wind, shut your mouth. I remember y'all that he said to the waves, you better go somewhere and take several seats. Matter of fact, you go lay down just so everybody will know that I am, that I am. Yes, Lord, I'm so glad I learned something in my storms. I learned that if he is with me, can't nobody stop me. I've learned that can't nobody do me like Jesus. I've learned that he can declare peace, be still. I've learned he can inject hope in a hopeless situation. Somebody say yeah. I've learned that he's got power, not just some power, 
not just Duke power, but he's got all power in his hand. He can speak and the waves will lay down. He can speak and the threat will subside. He can speak and his word will come to pass. Somebody say yes. Yes. I've learned that when he speaks, demons shut up. That when he speaks, walls fall down. That when he speaks, storms be quiet. Somebody say yes. I wish I had me just a few folk at the field who would praise him now because of your storm. Thank him while you're in the storm. Shout while you're going through and shout when you come out. Yes! remember how it looked like the water was bringing you down but he threw you a life preserver his name is Jesus he is resurrection and he is life I'm so glad so glad I've been through the storm some of y'all been in the storm too long come on out come on Come on out, stand up, speak up, get up, come out. Oh yes, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. God, I thank you. For every storm, I thank you. For every dark cloud, I thank you that I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sense breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard, I heard. Voice of Jesus telling the storm, shut up, lay down. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me, never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to I'm speaking right into your storm. I'm speaking into that storm that's happening in your house. I'm speaking into that storm that's happening on your job. I'm speaking into your storm that's happening in your own mind. I'm declaring 
I'm decreeing declaring it over you you ought to speak over yourself I'm speaking it over you right now wherever you are I'm speaking it into your value system I'm speaking it into your business I'm speaking it into your education I'm speaking it into your friendships I'm speaking it into your community I'm speaking it into your discipleship I'm speaking it into your walk be still Somebody is there on the the living room sofa right now. Somebody wants to praise him because the storm is passing over. Come on, y'all help me. Help them praise him. Help them praise him. They're dancing right now all over America. They're dancing in Africa. I see them dancing in South Africa. I see them dancing in Liberia. I see them dancing in Norfolk, in Virginia Beach, in Memphis. I see them dancing in California. Can't y'all feel it? Can't y'all feel it? They're praising him because the storm is passing on. Thank you. Listen, if you only knew what I've been through right now, you'd be praising him too. If you only knew. But I've been through right now, you've been praising him too. Come on, come on, give it to him. somebody what just happened what just happened you still in a storm and you asking me the preacher why you got me dancing and I'm still in a storm can I tell you what proleptic praise is listen you got to see things that are not as though they are you can dance your way proleptically out of your next storm you were dancing today in the storm that you're in so that he has the glory already for the storm you're about to experience I wish I had me some faith folk in here who could praise him now for the victory that ain't come yet that's what we're doing we're giving him glory by faith because we understand he's gonna have the storm then just like he's got it right now somebody praising him here 
sanctuary now and you're up to your knees like Jackson, Mississippi in storm water. This is an opportunity to learn from the storm and excel, not just survive. Our prayers for the saints in Jackson or just that. That you're going to come out of this storm and when you do, it's not going to be like the antebellum bad old days. Folk been dancing around it all uh, through this time of reporting and reading about Jackson. But can I just call it like it is? Folk have left you languishing there in despair because they don't value your life like they value their own. They've taken the money and run to the suburbs. I'm talking to every suburban Jacksonian today. I'm talking to all of you who are in that metropolitan area. The problems that you have are storms, but some of the storms are of y'all's own making who have left Jackson all alone. I'm talking to you, Governor. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to all of those who came before you who for the last 30, 100 years have left that great historic city because black folk finally got some rights. Yeah. I want you to know the storm is passing over. We're praying for you. Not only that, but we're going to be instrumental in helping you. I want you to know that we are confident in your deliverance because our soul, your soul, is anchored not in the governor not in the economy but in the Lord hallelujah somebody so if you're here today in this virtual sanctuary and you know you need Jesus in your life because you want that same hope and assurance that we seem to have I'm offering Jesus to you right now if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, the book says, you shall be saved. Thoroughgoingly, your life will be turned around. If you need Jesus in your life, that is to be in charge of your life. Why don't you invite him in right now? Let's pray together. And, and you, can, you can put that hashtag that's down at the bottom of your screen in if you want to. You can put, I want to know Jesus down at the bottom. You can put, I want to be a part of your church. Field me, CLT is the hashtag. But you can say it however you want to say it. Hundreds have come. And they're still coming. Just last week, over a hundred came. We're just reaching out to you to let you know that you can come. 
in this same way. You don't have to be in Charlotte, North Carolina to be a partner, a disciple at the field. We have disciples in Burundi and all over America, in Liberia, in Rio de Janeiro. You just make yourself one of them. Amen? Amen? Come on, let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you as my savior. I am powerless to save myself. Forgive me of my sins, the wrongs I've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now you can say it. My soul been anchored. Come on, Mitch. In the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're all rejoicing with you. Come on. Come on, it's not too late. Make it your testimony. Put it in the converse and conversation bar. Do it right now. Still, come on. Aren't you glad about it? Only in Jesus. As I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know you lead me safely to that blessed place he has But if they don't cease, come on, say it. Just in case we keep on blowing in my life. What you gonna say? Say it. Sing it right now. Hallelujah, somebody. That ought to be your testimony. Come on. Take our house, we still know. 
Whatever we lose, we already know. That's my testimony. It's going to be Jesus. is personal to me my soul my soul my soul my 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 soul been anchored my soul been anchored to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and ever that all of God's anchored storm standing folks say it is so amen go in peace For listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue to walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the field is not confined by the four walls of the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of this global family, simply click the link.